Hey guys, today we have a really interesting conversation with my guest, Mark Ritter. He is actually an expert in lending, but from an area that you might not actually really expect. You probably all live in a location where there are credit unions, but did you know that credit unions can also provide lending for investments, especially real estate investments? I didn't know this. I learned a lot through the conversation with Mark and you want to pay particular attention how the whole thing about memberships in credit unions work because I didn't know and I'm sure you might not be aware of it. So stay tuned and listen to our conversation with Mark Ritter about credit unions and how they can help us with our investing and lending. Welcome to another episode of the Ideal Investor Show. Today we have a special guest. His name is Mark Ritter and he comes to us from the Member Business Financial Services. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit and our audience a little bit about how did you end up where you are and what made you become a part of this kind of credit union special entity? Sure. I have actually been involved with credit unions for the last 20 years. Okay. And I always was more of a small town guy. I enjoyed community banking. I enjoyed relationships. So I knew the Wall Street and New York City financial world wasn't for me. <laughs> and and about 20 years ago, when I was looking for my next career, I've always enjoyed banking and financial services. And that's when I really discovered credit unions because it was only back then that really the laws and regulations changed that allowed credit unions to get into real estate investment lending and commercial lending. So I spent 10 years at a large credit union in Pennsylvania developing their business lending program. And we really grew it to be one of the top 10 in the country. And then 10 years ago, I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary where I am the CEO of Member Business Financial Services, and we're what's called a CUSO, which is Credit Union Service Organization. So we're owned by credit unions, and an easy way to think about us is instead of every credit union going out and developing the infrastructure and people and systems to offer real estate loans. They formed a company that the credit unions own with our, all of our underwriters and loan officers and systems and expertise so that they could scale and use the services. And now we're owned by 13 credit unions and work with over 90 credit unions all over the country. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, part of the reason why I was so excited that you're coming on our show today is Obviously, Ideal Wealth Grower and, and the Ideal Investor Show is both myself and then our client investing in residential real estate. And the one thing I would say, you can debate it, but I think personally, and I know this from several of our clients, the lending and not really the activity of the lending itself, but all the stuff that is around it. I mean, one of the lenders that we have worked with quite a bit, we always say they want everything from you. And soon they will also ask for DNA and blood samples before. They <laughs> right. So 
it's, I mean, the paperwork I have found, the more properties over time that I acquired and our clients acquired, I would call it becoming content, right? Like not fighting it anymore. You can't change it anyway. It's like hundreds of pages and duplications and an announcement of disclosures and then the pre-disclosures and then the actual disclosure and so forth. But still the process feels, especially if you keep investing over time, over and over again, as if you start over every time. So I hope you can tell us a little bit what makes MBFS and the way you do it to getting credit unions different and maybe better. Sure. And let me just say, what I always find is the first loan with a new relationship is usually the most difficult. And then I like to find after that, it's a little bit simpler. And really there's two avenues of that. There's what I'll call the quantitative side of the lending. And from there, unfortunately, I wish we could just have a conversation with everybody and say, you seem like a nice person and the property's good. You know, let, here's your money. You know, we tried that about 15, 20 years ago and the whole world almost ended overnight on, on it. But we do get the financials and tax returns and things like that. And we try to be very clear and upfront about what we need. Here's the list of things that we need. Let's go through. What I really like about the credit union environment and our company is the other side of that, which is really that qualitative side. And this is where I think we shine because we don't take your financials, put it in a black box, and then spit out a decision of either yes or no, and here's your terms. We like to have that conversation throughout the process so that really we understand who you are and where you want to take your business. Maybe you're just starting out and this is your first property and we have to walk through it a little bit closer. Maybe it's your 50th property and you're an old veteran of this and it just goes through. But we really like to lead through the process and credit unions by their natures are cooperative institutions. So it's that conversation in the process that we like to make as friendly as possible. And really to make sure you're comfortable with us and we're comfortable with you and there's no surprises. If you're able to predict and know where you're going with your lender, everybody's on the same page. That's a good relationship in my viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I have actually kind of for myself, but also on behalf of our audience, a few questions about how that actually works because i can imagine that some people say hey that sounds nicer than what i've seen so far with other lenders maybe i should try this out and work with mark you mentioned that you are supported by 13 credit unions are there any restrictions of where the people that can get funding or the properties that they want to invest in need to be sure the answer the short answer yes the long answer no <laughs> okay. um, if for anybody who's joined the credit union there's over 125 million Americans belong to credit unions. So most of the audience, maybe you got a car loan or have your checking account at your credit union. You have to become a member of your credit union. And credit unions are generally what I'll call regional lenders. So, you know, maybe you can, if you're driving past your credit union, you can open an account. But if you're in Pennsylvania and where I am and they have a property, maybe if your property's in Montana, maybe they can't lend on it. But credit unions, the whole purpose of our organization is to bring credit unions in different regions together 
to collaborate on loan, which is quite a common occurrence for us. You know, this year we had somebody who was from Pittsburgh and buying a property in Florida. So their local credit union relationship, we just simply transferred it to a credit union in Florida and the two credit unions work together to fund the loan. We're a cooperative nature, a cooperative industry, and the cooperatives work with each other across the country. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Now, you mentioned something that I hadn't even planned to ask, but I want to clarify. You said 125 million people in the United States are members or have been members of credit unions. And I have actually the exact example that you mentioned. My last company car was actually financed by a credit union, like a few miles away from where we live. That brings up the question, when you got a loan or stuff like that, how long does the membership last? Because I ultimately paid off the car, but I don't know that I ever did anything that would sever the membership relationship or anything like that. How does that work? There's actually a piece of the Federal Credit Union Act that says once a member of a credit union, always a member of a credit union. So you probably didn't realize it, but to get that car loan, you had to open up what's called a membership share. And as long as that you have that in there, you can have the credit union services for life. Okay. Yeah, I did that actually. I mean, and they explained it too. I just didn't know if that was time limited and when the car was paid. So that's good to know because like you said, I mean, there's probably a lot of people who have had that membership in some way, shape or form at some point. And so if they had it, then they probably still have it and just don't know (laughs) that they had it. And that's the whole reason I like to go on shows like this and, and kind of talk about what we do because so many people have that credit union relationship or they have a favorable impression of credit unions but historically that wasn't somewhere where you went for your investment property it wasn't a choice but now it's really in recent years boomed yeah i mean i would actually say the person and this is one thing that idea wealth grower is actually priding itself on a lot is like you were saying the personal relationship with people so being able or potentially in the future being able to form these kind of personal relationships where you can go over and over and over and get your funding is obviously preferable. Yes. You know, everybody says they want that relationship and by nature, that's a good viewpoint for what we do. Yeah. I mean, part of the thing about the relationship is for one, the treatment, I would say. Now, the other pretty important part, especially in real estate investing are the terms. So are there any differences in terms between getting a loan from you or anybody else? Sure. What I would say is for credit unions, you can trust that you're getting a fair term. They tend to be very reasonable when it comes with the fees, any fees that are up front. And the rates, you're going to find that they're very competitive. The biggest difference that you're going to find is that any federal credit union by law cannot charge a prepayment penalty. Oh, okay. Now, the last two years when rates were 3% or 3.25% on your apartment building, that wasn't seen as a big attraction, even though our business was booming. But in today's world where rates are increasing, that can be a big, big factor because you know, then you're able to negotiate in the future, you're able to buy, you're able to sell and not be locked into a penalty for the rates that you have, because you don't really think about it too much until rates drop or the interest rates change and you want to modify those terms or refinance. Then you get the surprise of a lifetime and it can be very expensive. 
Yeah, that last part, what you just said, Mark, is probably the most likely for our clients and myself. I mean, I always say, you know, the only biggest mistake you can do in real estate investing is selling, right? So, so you basically might have to, especially in these times and what the foreseeable future looks like, you might come to a point in three, four years ago from now to refinance into something more reasonable again, which is important to know for people that's not the same like selling, right? Because most contracts say you can sell and then pay off and there is no penalty. But if you just refinance, it's important to realize if there is a penalty or not. So yeah, I agree that that's important. Now, one thing that people and, you know, obviously since I was a member or as I just learned, I still am a member of a credit union think that the money that is being used, not just for investments, but for car loans and other things, is basically coming out of the pool of the members. Is that true for investment loans too? Absolutely. Well, that's the nice piece with credit union. And as we think of the holiday season, when you hear about buy local and small business Saturday and the benefits of shopping locally, it's really the same with credit unions. Typically for every dollar of deposits, credit unions will lend out about 85 cents. So they're not going and borrowing from Wall Street at an expensive rate to lend to you. They're lending out the local money from your community. And the more deposits they put in their community, the more that they could lend out locally to your real local real estate community and it really becomes a cycle that's good for everybody. So you theoretically, since you're using your own money, you wouldn't have to use J Power rates, right? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. And when you look at credit unions historically, they typically have the lowest cost of funds from any financial institution, banks or other lenders because of that they're typically not highly leveraged out and they're borrowing with the deposits there which are generally a lower cost for them which can be passed on to people right right okay that's cool and then the last prepared question that i had about that aspect of getting financing from basically your organization or credit unions is and this is going a little bit more towards the general situation that my clients and i experience in funding or investment properties, it appears, and maybe I'm just dreaming, that we live in a day and age with advancing digitization and stuff like that, where it should be possible that after I went through that first painful process that you mentioned, and I think everybody understands when the relationship is fresh, you have to basically provide everything at least for the first time. But what I find, maybe it's a little bit the pet peeve, but I find it unbelievably annoying that the information that I have provided the last two times for applications for loans are being asked down to my social security number and my living address and my mailing address and my phone number and stuff like that, which basically makes me and I know several of our clients feel like this supposedly interest in a relationship that both sides, like you mentioned yourself, are typically claiming to be looking for is one-sided because if it were both ways, why would then my partner constantly ask me, you know, what's your first name? What's your last name? Is I thought we know each other. I, I thought you know my birthday. I thought, right, like I gave everything to you. You know more about me than most other people that I call my friends. Is there a way or a future or is, are you maybe a little different where you say, okay, we gather the information and we put them where we can reuse it so we don't force 
an applicant who is already a member through the same painful process over and over and over again? Yes, absolutely. And the good news is, you know, the only thing that we deal with in my business is investment property. So we have a little bit more flexibility than the residential mortgage world where it's in people's homes and it's sold on the secondary market. I think I'd pull my hair out if I was in that business. We have spent a lot of money on technology so that when we get those second, third, fourth, fifth requests, we're really just looking for update and give me what we have and can build off of it. Because yeah, that is brutally painful for everybody if we're just recollecting the exact same information. And because we actually store it all electronically these days, it's really superfluous for us to ask for the same information over because all we're gonna do is drag it over the same files that we had in place. When I hear stories like that, it's as frustrating for me as it is you, just because you're talking to the same person and you're giving people the exact same information every single time. No, I absolutely, and the main point that makes it so hard to swallow is that when I ask, and I'm the kind of person who is pretty direct and straightforward and asking, okay, why do I have to do this? And the answer is almost every time, and it's not just one lender, it's across multiple lenders, is, well, you bought your last property 13 months ago. I said, yeah, I mean, I admit that, but my life and my situation hasn't changed. And I'm not saying when a lender says, okay, we want to see your W-2 or we want to see your 1099 or we want to see your tax return. I don't think anybody has a problem with that as long as it is only either uploading it or emailing it because anybody who keeps their stuff reasonably organized has that. But when you ask to fill out all kinds of forms, that's when you start questioning the relationship. So I'm totally with you. What other things that we haven't touched on do you want to point out that, you know, would be attractive for people to say, hey, I should get in touch with Mark and, and figure out if I can qualify? Yeah, we really like to work with people from the smallest up to large, massive multifamily properties. Our largest loan this year was $38 million and our smallest was, you know, under a hundred thousand for properties and credit unions by their nature want to lend regional. So some people may say as a lender, we only lend in these cities, in these areas, but That's not how investment works. Sometimes you have good deals in smaller markets or country, you know, rural properties. So our lenders want to lend in those areas. It's more about helping you grow and making good decisions for the cooperative as it is for anything else, because we're not managing our business to sell it or make the earnings per share number. So I always kind of joke, if I went to a bank, I'd probably get fired in a first week (laughs) uh, because I tend to be more casual and relationship-based. So really we think we're a fair deal and maybe you lend or buy property in multiple marketplaces. And that's where, you know, because we work with so many credit unions, we can match you up with the local lenders in that area because there's all 5,000 credit unions in the area. And that can be a frustrating process to search for everybody. So we try to be an aggregator and bring everybody together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's very helpful because people like to have a relatively small core group. I mean, that's our business. I'm mentoring people in the investment world and 
they basically appreciate besides the educational side, they also appreciate that I connect them to the Mark Redders and the other lenders and property providers and stuff like that. Because there are existing relationships that have proven to be good and the people that we're working with are trustworthy and stuff. And I don't want to say it's a shark pool out there, but it, you can fall into traps. And if, if you can avoid it, that's definitely advisable. I'll say it's a shark pool out there. So and this is my business. <laughs> okay, cool. So I always ask two questions at the end of the podcast. So I want to ask you too, if you could meet anybody, who would it be and why? If I can meet anybody, I would love to go back and sit in Albert Einstein's office and just suck in the knowledge of what was going on for science and research and history at that time. And, and was that still in Europe or in the U.S.? In the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Then he had already a lot that he brought. When he came yes. Why? Yeah. I mean, he probably always had it. He just hadn't put it on paper. But yeah, no, that's cool. Okay. And then the second question is, if you had a time machine, and you could go forward, backward, anywhere, you know what you know, but you can't change the space-time continuum, where would you go and why? I would go to the early 1800s. Okay, and why? Because there's nothing more that I would like than to get rid of my cell phone and some technology yeah. in the world. I love to hike. I love to fish. I love the outdoors and the lack of stress that brings into the world. So to spend a little bit of time just enjoying nature. Now, I realize uh, there's probably a lot of conveniences I have today that I miss, but I would love to uh, to live in that time period and spend uh, some uninterrupted time outdoors. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, for that, I actually just recently said to my wife, because we were dealing with some international uh, transactions, and I was saying, I still remember because I was in the Air Force and I came over to the U.S. to an exchange program, but we obviously wanted to keep the ties to the family. So they had at the time 16 to 20 digit numbers that you had to put into your phone, not a cell phone, a regular phone, <laughs> and then the actual number. And the whole thing was that because of that number, your rate was like a dollar a minute instead of two dollars a minute. Right. And now we do WhatsApp around the world with people all over the place for free, you know, but I hear your point that, you know, you can get too much of fundamentally good things. So, yeah, that tranquility would be probably really amazing. So I think you gave us a really, really good idea of how basically investment lending in a credit union environment could work. How can people get in touch if they actually want to follow up and say, hey, maybe I should try that instead of being annoyed with filling out the same forms a hundred times. Sure. The easiest way to connect with me is uh, my personal website, markritter.com, M-A-R-K-R-I-T-T-E-R.com. And from there, we'll connect you uh, with one of our credit unions. And if we don't have any credit unions directly in that area, we have relationships all over the country where we'll match up with a local lender and get you started. And just as a quick follow-up, does it mean that the uh, person who wants to do that already have a property in mind, or could they just get in touch and get started without a property? We would love to get to know you a little bit, so we're ready to pull the trigger for that next property of yours. Or if you want to see how our programs compare with your existing portfolio now, that would be a wonderful conversation. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. I always advise that, you know, if you really want the uh, relationship and you mean it, then the best day is today. 
Yes, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. You provided tremendous value. So I really want to thank you for that. And maybe we can do it again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Would love to talk as uh, the mark, this crazy marketplace changes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Ideal Investor Show. More info and the links we mentioned during the show are in the show notes or you can go to our website at idealwealthgrower.com and sign up for the Apple Podcast link. And if you like to talk to me, sign up for a strategy call. Hopefully you want to share what you learned with your network and bring more people in. We are really eager to hear your comments. And until next time, be well, stay safe and ciao.